0: Welcome to The Minute Talks with Desi Schneider again. Thank you for joining me. And what I have on my heart to talk about today is that all things turn to good. Now, of course, we recognize all things turn to good for the ones that are found in God and called according to the purpose of God. So because we are in Christ and for those that are outside of Christ, all that is required is an open heart to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and to receive him today as Lord and Savior. And the moment of this revelation of receiving this divine understanding of who Jesus is, that he died for our sin, that he rose again on the third day, and that he now sits far above all, that out of this ascension, this resurrection, and into this ascension, we are now placed in a place that is far above all the things that are in the world and all spiritual forces that are not of God. We now, in Christ, are above that. We actually have been given dominion because we believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so when we are in Christ, when we believe the message of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, we then have a confidence that things are working together for our good. The things are turning for good. And so let's go to the book of Philippians. And this is the book that Paul writes in jail. That he's in prison in a really pretty bad, stinky place in jail, the lowest part of the jail. And so here he is in this Roman jail. And uh, if you go to chapter 1 in verse 12, but I want you to know he's writing to his disciples. He's writing to his, the followers of Jesus Christ. He's writing to us today. He's writing to us that are found in Christ. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me, the things which happened to me, have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. How do things work together for us? They further the gospel. They place us in a deeper understanding of the power of the love of God that no man can snatch us out of his hand. And that's where just prior to this verse, in verse 9, Paul is writing from jail, imprisoned. I pray, and this I pray, he says, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent which means you mind to be renewed, to prove the good and perfect will of God, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. And then he comes into this moment of verse 12. I want you to know, brethren, the ones that I'm praying for, for your love to abound more and more. I want you to know one thing, that everything that has happened to me, Paul says, it has been for the firmness of the gospel. So that, verse 13, it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. You see, we are apprehended in Christ and through this apprehension to know Him more and more, then nothing on the outside can really have a have a, a, a sentence of death over us, a, a sense of being caught in a place of nothing working, or in a place of no way out. See, when we know who we belong to, whose we are, then we can have this assurance that all things are going to turn out for the furnace of the gospel because we are of God. And God through us is preaching this message of salvation. So whatever we undergo and go through, it is not to place us in a place of bondage, but it is to propel us deeper into this place of the apprehension of Christ. And that's why he can say that it's become clear to many that his chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. When they surveyed the confidence that Paul had in being apprehended for the cause of Christ. This reality his apprehension is with Christ. That my chains are in Christ. It brought forth a boldness to those who looked and surveyed his attitude and disposition. And this boldness was to speak the message of salvation. And so today, whatever you're going through, have this confidence that God is for you and that you're to carry a life worthy of the manner of Christ and that you're not to be timid, not to be ashamed of the gospel, to shrink back into self-preservation, but to allow the work of Christ to be evident Through you, and of course, we know that Paul was in jail because of the message of Christ. And so, if we go here in verse 19, how do these things, these moments of affliction, turn around for our good? For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance, Paul says, through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And so we are to pray one for another so that through this assurance of faith that we're growing more and more in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and abounding in discernment that we may prove those things that are excellent that are found in Christ. Then it's ministering Christ to others. And so never to be afraid of what you might be facing today, but to always have a confidence. It's turning around. It's turning around. It's turning to good for me. It's turning to good for me. And that's where we see the same thought expressed Through Paul in Romans 8, of course, and in verse 26 and 27, Paul talks about the intercession of the Holy Spirit in us and through us, that there is a bearing witness within us of the Holy Spirit, that though we might be weak, the Spirit within us is strong. In verse 27, Now he who searches, that is the Holy Spirit, Now, he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those that hearken unto the voice of God and are doers of the word of God, Those that are called according to His purpose are walking out the purpose of God, fully committed to the cause of Christ, being apprehended by Christ. That all things are working together for you, for good. Because verse 29, for whom He foreknew, do you know God foreknew you? And because He foreknew you, he has predestined you to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Was Jesus afraid of his hour? Was Jesus afraid or bitter or disappointed when he hung on the cross for you and for me? No. He said, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And so to abound in the love of God more and more looks like an assurance that God is working out a far greater purpose in us and through us that we are even aware. And that's why the just shall live by faith. They were not to walk by sight, saying, Woe is me. This is the end of me? I better protect myself? No, no. Because the ones that he foreknew he has predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and moreover whom he predestined. These he also called. You are called to walk out a divine purpose that looks like the furtherance of the gospel that looks like preaching the message of Christ, whether you're called to a pulpit ministry or not. Through our life, we are always preaching Christ or preaching that which we believe. And so when our persuasion is that of Christ, we will preach Christ. But we don't do it. We don't do it for personal gain. We do it because He has gained us. And in His gaining of us, we have gained Him. And so it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ in me preaching this message of deliverance. That Paul said that His chains, he knows through the prayers of many, will be, they will turn out for His deliverance. and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that through the prayer of many and through the working of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing but victory for you and I. Never to be afraid in this hour because we have been called by God and then he continues to write, and these he also justified and whom he justified, these he also glorified. I often think of the disciples Here, if you come into Matthew chapter 19, verse 23, Jesus telling them about, well, let's read. Let's read. Then Jesus said to to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is hard for one to surrender all when we think we got to hoard it all. It is hard to enter the kingdom of God for a rich man. Well, a rich man is anyone that really believes they have something that they're to hold on to, something that they have really earned hard, something that they have made of their own. Something that it's because of their good effort that now they have been enriched in something. For those, it is hard to come into the kingdom of God because we the forsaking that we think we have to undergo, it's too much. Like the rich young ruler that walked away from Jesus when Jesus said to him, Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And so Verse 24, again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Look at the response of the disciples. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? Who can make it in this hour then? Who then will be able to let go of their selfish, carnal life? Who then will be able to be found standing to the very end for Christ? God's got a remnant. God's got a mighty body here on earth. And so I often think of his response to this. Women well, we say, well, who's standing? Oh, many are standing in this hour. Look what Jesus says to them. With men, this is impossible. But with God... All things are possible. And so when you recognize that in Christ, you are now living life through Him, then nothing, nothing can be an obstacle that cannot budge out of the way. Nothing can bar you from walking and fulfilling the call of God. Though in your mind it might seem impossible, it is possible. Because no longer you who's living life, but God in you. And that's why he also says, Jesus says that to those who believe, it is possible. And so before you might get discouraged, I wanted to read this verse. in it's Peter's writing in 2 Peter. That God is not slack in his promise to you. So here chapter 3, second Peter, verse 1. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. So Peter is reminding the brethren that you may be mindful, that you today might be mindful. It's working for you. Good. That you today may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy, holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? It's not possible that he's going to return. Where is the promise of his coming? Always just doubting God's word. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue. It's just the same old, same old. Actually, it's getting worse. Don't believe that. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continued as they were from the beginning of creation, is what the scoffers say. For this they willfully forget, don't forget this, that the word of God, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, trust the working of the word of God. So presently, the the word is preserving the heavens and the earth. They are reserved for a fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That word perdition is destruction of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. Do not forget this one thing. All things are turning for good. That with the Lord, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Nothing but a moment. Your affliction is nothing but for a moment. But it's working a far greater weight of glory. So be of good cheer. Things are turning for your good today. The Lord is not slack. God is not slack concerning His promise, of some count slackness, but is a long-suffering towards us. What patience and mercy He has towards you and me, all of us. Not willing. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And that's what we see that Paul was confident that he said, going back to where we started in Philippians 1, 12, I wanted to know brethren that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are more bold to speak the word without fear. Why? Because God is not willing that any man should perish. And so be a good soldier and endure to the end. Overcome every adversity and battle you find yourself in. Don't give up. Don't quit. Be mindful that God is not slack in that which He has promised to you. Persevere as we see the perseverance of Paul, having a confidence of the brethren, praying for him, and of the working of the Holy Spirit within him, undergirding him. The way we are weak, we have been made strong by the power of God within us. And so glory be to God, give him glory and be confident of this one thing that the one that started this marvelous work of transformation within you, he'll continue it to the very end because all things are turning for good. Thank you for coming and listening to me again. Desi Schneider on this Dominion Talks. Be blessed.